welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. The Ugly Truth. Sit back, but keep your ears open and your mind wide awake. Listen carefully. Was that all propaganda? Hey, Derek. You good, bro? You ain't picking up calls, dog. What's wrong, man? Derek, you good? Here. Don't lose yourself. But I don't trust the people taking care of us We went to bed with the American dream We woke up in Nightmareica
Propaganda. That's what we've been talking about. What's our big distraction? The Ukraine. Ukraine has been a big distraction, not only for us, but from everyone. And there's history here that we need to know before we start judging one side or the other. And we know that Ukraine isn't all good. We know that Russia isn't all good. We know that it's not the people. It's the leaders. But the first thing we need to know is a little bit of history. And and let's go ahead and listen to his breakdown of the Ukrainian history. If you're like a lot of Americans, you may not really know where this war in Ukraine came from. The press wants you to think that Vladimir Putin just woke up one day and was like, "Hmm, I'm going to go conquer Ukraine. They want you to think that he's just another Hitler going around randomly being evil. But that's a lie. This war is brought about by the incompetence and arrogance of our own State Department as much as it was created by Vladimir Putin. Here's some history for you. Ukraine used to be not a country at all. 400 years ago, its pieces were split up between Poland, Russia, and a Muslim empire called the Crimean Khanate. About half the country was basically uninhabited because if you tried to start a town there, Muslim raiders would simply ride in, kidnap you, and sell you into slavery. Well, in the 1700s, Russia conquered this whole region. They settled the parts that were uninhabited. They conquered the Crimea and the parts owned by Poland. Later, the borders of Ukraine were created by Vladimir Lenin after his communist revolution. So what does this all mean? Well, it's why Ukraine is such a mess today, because those empty parts of Ukraine that Russia settled were settled by Russians. They speak Russian. They call themselves Russians. They'd rather just be Russia rather than Ukraine. When the Soviet Union fell, they simply used the borders created by the communists. So what you have is this failed country where half the population is pro-Russia and the other half hates Russia. That's too bad. But then we went and made it worse. In 1990, the Soviet Union allowed the two Germanys to reunify. When they agreed to that, we promised them that we would not expand NATO any further east. But as soon as the Soviet Union collapsed, we simply broke that promise. We let in Poland and Hungary and Romania and a bunch of other countries. And this made Russia freak out because guess what? NATO is an alliance created for one purpose, to fight Russia. So for the last 15 years, the U.S. has been agitating for Ukraine to join NATO too. But this was happening too slowly. So we decided to meddle in that country as well. In 2014, Ukraine had a revolution. CNN will claim that they overthrew a dictator to restore a democracy. That's BS. Ukraine's president in 2014 was democratically elected. Everybody on all sides admitted that the vote to elect him was fair, but then we were unhappy when he started to pursue more pro-Russia policies. So when some people started pulling BLM-style protests against his government, our CIA gave them support. So did our media. It was all a stunt to make a violent coup d'etat look like a popular uprising. You had rioters murdering police And then when the police shot back, we claimed that this was a dictator just massacring civilians. Totally bogus. But we ramped up the pressure and we forced the Ukrainian president to flee the country. Then a new government came in that was more eager to be our slave. This is the government that paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to bribes to Hunter Biden. This is the government that also did everything Democrats wanted to do here. They kicked all their political enemies out of their jobs. They banned TV channels that they don't like. They arrested their political opponents and made a trumped-up treason charge. Well, some parts of Ukraine didn't go along with the coup, and they fought back, and they turned to Russia. For the past eight years, we've had a million chances to compromise. We could have agreed to keep Ukraine out of NATO, 
We could have pressured Ukraine to become more decentralized so both ethnic Russians and ethnic Ukrainians could be happy, but we didn't do that. So finally, Russia got fed up, and here we are. So that's what happened. Before the deep state used BLM and a lying media and ballot fraud to steal the 2020 election, they practiced all of these tactics in Ukraine. This war is just what happens when the target of one of these revolutions fights back. The ethnic Russians in Ukraine are like our January 6th protesters, and the deep state wants to crush them for the same reason they want to crush the Jan Sixers. If you want to blame anybody for this war, blame the deep state. But nevertheless, this is no localized insurgent. This is a big invasion. Putin may very well overrun the entire country. The situation is changing very quickly. It's going to change between now and the next time this show airs. But a few things are clear. What's clear is that our insane elites in the military industrial media complex have put our country at risk of starting World War III. And those insane elites very much include Republican lawmakers and Fox News. If you turn on Fox right now, you hear them trashing Biden for being weak for allowing Putin's aggression. You'll hear guests demanding massive retaliatory sanctions. And some people are literally demanding that we get involved with a kinetic war. They're demanding this even though Vladimir Putin has openly suggested that there will be a nuclear retaliation if the U.S. interferes. This is insane. Ukraine is not important to U.S. national security. Fighting a war against Russia doesn't help America, and it doesn't help the American people. It does carry a risk, however small, of blowing up the entire world. Let's be real about a few things. Canada cracking down on protesters and freedom of speech, seizing truckers' bank accounts matters a lot more than Ukraine. For that matter, the tyranny of our own leaders matters a lot more than anything Vladimir Putin does. Vladimir Putin isn't forcing you to get a vaccine. Vladimir Putin isn't deplatforming you from Twitter and YouTube and Airbnb and seizing your bank accounts. Vladimir Putin isn't propagandizing your children into cutting their genitals off. Those are issues that matter. And as long as we have tyranny here at home, it's disgusting that any Republicans in office or on television are egging on new wars far away. But of course, that's why they do it. Republicans promote wars abroad so they can pretend that they're tough and ignore that they're total cowards about what's happening Right here. He is not afraid to speak his mind. No, he's not. He's not. And another one who is never afraid to speak his mind (laughs) is Mr. Tucker Carlson. So here is Tucker's take. Tucker's take on how this trauma affects you, this Ukraine situation. How does it affect you? Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Since the day that Donald Trump became president, Democrats in Washington have told you you have a patriotic duty to hate Vladimir Putin. It's not a suggestion, it's a mandate. Anything less than hatred for Putin is treason. Many Americans have obeyed this directive. They now dutifully hate Vladimir Putin. Maybe you're one of them. Hating Putin has become the central purpose of America's foreign policy. It's the main thing that we talk about. Entire cable channels are now devoted to it. Very soon, That hatred of Vladimir Putin could bring the United States into a conflict in Eastern Europe. Before that happens, it might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Has he shipped every middle-class job in my town to Russia? Did he manufacture a worldwide pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he teaching my children to embrace racial discrimination? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? 
These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Vladimir Putin didn't do any of that. So why does permanent Washington hate him so much? If you've been watching the news, you know that Putin is having a border dispute with a nation called Ukraine. Now, the main thing to know about Ukraine, for our purposes, is that its leaders once sent millions of dollars to Joe Biden's family. Not surprisingly, Ukraine is now one of Biden's favorite countries. Biden has pledged to defend Ukraine's borders, even as he opens our borders to the world. That's how it works. Invading America is called equity. Invading Ukraine is a war crime. So with every day, we move closer to some kind of conflict with Russia, conflict that could easily spin out of control, given that the people running this have no fine motor skills. The administration assures us this has nothing at all to do with repaying Joe Biden's personal debts to Ukrainian oligarchs. Not at all. It's completely and totally unrelated. The point here is to defend democracy. Not that Ukraine is a democracy. It is not a democracy. Ukraine's president has arrested his main political opponent. He has shut down newspapers and television stations that have dared to criticize him. So in American terms, you would call Ukraine a tyranny. But Joe Biden likes Ukraine, so Putin bad war good. How will this conflict affect you? It will affect you quite a bit, actually. Energy prices in the United States are about to go way up. And that means that everything you buy will become much more expensive. From the food you eat, to the car you drive, to tickets you need to take your family on vacation this summer, assuming you can still afford vacation by then. You're about to become measurably poor. That's not a guess. Joe Biden has admitted this. On the other hand, you're going to win an important moral victory against dastardly old Vladimir Putin, who is much, much worse than Justin Trudeau, just so you know. So you can feel good about that because, because, let's see, come to think of it, why would you feel good about that? It seems like a pretty terrible deal for you and for the United States. Hunter Biden gets a million dollars a year from Ukraine, but you can no longer afford to go out to dinner. That's not a bargain. So what are we missing here? What we're missing is the big picture, and that's why Joe Biden has dispatched Kamala Harris to explain that picture to us. Kamala Harris's old job was to open America's border. She did that. Her new job is to keep Ukraine's borders closed. Kamala Harris was in Europe the other day to explain the whole thing. She began with a history lesson, letting the European peoples know about their recent past, which she assumes they've forgotten since so few of them speak English. She opened with the traditional salutation, listen, guys, because that's the way real historians and statespeople talk. Watch Kamala educate. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. Listen, guys, you may be Europeans who live in Europe, but you don't fully understand the ramifications of war in Europe. That's your problem. The thing about Europe, you've had peace and security for more than 70 years. Kamala Harris just told the Europeans that. And that, by the way, is true if you don't count the breakup of Yugoslavia, which caused hundreds of thousands of deaths in the 1990s, or the Soviet occupation of half of the landmass, which amounted to the enslavement of hundreds of millions. But apart from that, Mrs. Lincoln, it's all been peace and security in Europe until now. Now, the Soviets were fine. Vladimir Putin is bad. What do we do about that? Kamala Harris explained that, too. Watch. And the allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. 
And within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although, open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. Got that? Take a breath and let it sink in. Here it is again. Quote, we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context, then, of the fact that the window is still opening, still open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. Well, of course it has merit. The only question is, what the hell are you talking about? And the answer is Kamala Harris has no real idea what she's talking about. She can't even point to the direction of what she's talking about. Her mouth opens and predigested chunks of language come tumbling out in no particular order. It's soothing to listen to until you try to understand what it means. As Kamala Harris told us just last month, quote, it is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. To which we'd respond, that's right, Ms. Vice President person. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Learn it. Love it. Live it. And while you're at it, eat, pray, love. You can just imagine Vladimir Putin's reaction to all of this when an aide drops a translated transcript of Kamala Harris's remarks on his desk. The Slavic mind is a hall of mirrors. It sees traps at every intersection. Clearly, Kamala Harris must be setting some sort of trap for the Russians here. Her words don't make sense, but she can't possibly be dim and childish. America is a superpower. It would never put a senile man and an imbecile in charge of the country. On the other hand, maybe so. And by the way, it's not just our country. A few weeks ago, the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, met with his British counterpart, Liz Truss. Lavrov asked Truss if her country recognized Russian sovereignty over Rostov and Voronezh, both of which are actually parts of Russia. So it was a trick question, but Liz Truss who used to work in sales, had no idea. So she replied that Great Britain would never recognize these regions as Russian, despite the fact they already are Russian. So Liz Truss has no idea what she's talking about either. But here's the thing. She wasn't embarrassed about that. None of them are embarrassed about that. John Bolton knows a lot. On the other hand, he spent decades weakening America with terrible foreign policy ideas and getting a lot of decent people killed for no good reason at all. So you'd think at this point, if justice were real, John Bolton would be living in isolation and shame somewhere, spending his days in atonement. That's what you would do, but that's not what he's doing. No. Here's John Bolton on MSNBC demanding yet another war, this one with a nuclear-armed power. Watch. Do you think that U.S. forces should actually go in to defend Ukraine? Well, I think it's probably too late for that now. But I would say this, the red line between being a treaty ally of the United States and not being one is significant. But the issue, as in all issues like this, is would a Russian invasion and takeover of Ukraine adversely affect American national security and that of its NATO allies? The answer to that's absolutely yes. We did not act appropriately early. I think we should have had more American forces in Ukraine, not to fight the Russians, but to train with the Ukrainians and to show those Russian generals looking across the border and seeing American flags. I wonder what that means. Biden took that off the table, saying there would be no American forces involved, and he got nothing for it. So the only problem with Joe Biden's Ukraine policy, says John Bolton, is that it's too weak. Your kids aren't fighting there right now, hunkered down in February, shooting at Putin. Let's try a winter war in Russia. No one's done it before, but we have high hopes. Alexander Vindman is, in fact, demanding it. 
unlike the British Foreign Secretary, Alexander Vindman knows quite a bit about Ukraine. In fact, he was born there. Alexander Vindman believes you have a moral obligation to defend his homeland, and if you don't, you're a murderer. Watch him once again on MSNBC. I, I think these folks, uh, these right-wing pundits and the, the GOP that supports him really, frankly, have blood on their hands because they're encouraging and enticing this kind of opportunism from uh, from Putin. And it's not with, it's not just kind of op- uh, plain rhetoric and uh, like you could say something without consequences like too often happens in the in the United States. This is, has real consequences and people are going to die because of this. Yeah, they're going to die. So your job is to take up arms in defense of Alexander Vindman's home country or else you're evil. You have blood on your hands. And that's effectively our policy. Okay, Alexander Vindman, you got us. It's a compelling argument. We're in. What's this going to cost us to defend the country you were born in? Well, in fact, Joe Biden addressed that question today. Defending freedom will have cost for us here at home, Biden said. We need to be honest about it. Really? Biden went on to outline what he called the pain of our sanctions. Watch. We're implementing full blocking sanctions on two large Russian financial institutions, VEB and their military bank. We're implementing comprehensive sanctions on Russian sovereign debt. That means we've cut off Russia's government from Western financing. It can no longer raise money from the West and cannot trade in its new debt on our markets or European markets either. Starting tomorrow and continuing in the days ahead, we'll also impose sanctions on Russia's elites and their family members. They share in the corrupt gains of the Kremlin policies and should share in the pain as well. Because of Russia's actions, we've worked with Germany to ensure Nord Stream 2 will not, as I promised, will not move forward. So let's put aside the question of why you would ever want to shut down any energy pipeline anywhere ever, especially now. Crude oil is near nearing $100 a barrel. It's the highest price since 2014. That's not a small thing because you need energy to live. It's not negotiable. So how does having less energy help the United States? Joe Biden didn't even hint at an answer to that. He didn't answer any questions. He ran away the second he had finished reading the script. Back in real life, every person knows nothing will tank our economy faster than cutting off the supply of fossil fuels. Because despite what you may have heard from noted energy experts like Sandy Cortez, a country of 340 million people can't run on windmills and solar panels. And even if we had enough of those, which we don't, we don't have the transmission lines to get that power to your house. And we won't for a long time. So that's all a lie. But don't worry, says Kamala Harris. The administration has ways of fixing the spike in energy prices. They've got it under control because it turns out Kamala Harris is secretly in charge of global energy markets. No, just kidding. Harris has no idea what a barrel of oil costs. She doesn't know how natural gas is measured. What she knows about is diversity, and that's pretty much it. Though she does sense that everything is about to get a lot more expensive for you. And so to warn you, she mentioned it today. The president has already said Americans will be facing some economic fallout or some hardships. Can you explain to Americans what exactly will they face if if this happens? Sure. As the president talked about in his speech, um, we are aware that, again, when America stands for her principles and all of the things that we hold dear, um, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And in this situation... Um, that may relate to energy costs, for example. 
So what are the principles we're defending here? We're defending a regime that has arrested their main rival and shut down opposition media. What principles at stake here, apart from rewarding the Biden family's patron? But at least she's honest enough to say what's happening in Eastern Europe, quote, may relate to energy costs. That's a euphemism for good luck filling your truck this August. Does that bother Kamala Harris? Maybe it does in the short term. Voters aren't going to like it in November. Their party will be punished. But they're doing it anyway. They're shutting down domestic energy pipelines here. They're picking a fight with Europe's biggest gas supplier. So maybe there's something bigger at work here. Maybe they're thinking long term. Maybe they're not against rising oil and gas prices. Maybe they're for them. Maybe expensive energy would be good for the many renewable deals their friends and donors are invested in. We don't know the answer. We do know that all of us are about to suffer. So we hope that hating Vladimir Putin was worth it. I wanted to comment on this Biden spouting off about Russia and they will not be tolerated. You know, the reason that he's mad is because it's for those who know the inside circles of Ukraine. You know, it is called by the American ambassador, the former American ambassador under Trump Mm -hmm. to Ukraine, called Ukraine without a doubt hands down the most corrupt place on earth ukraine is where the corruption filters through that's why maybe we're going to read these articles real quick these headlines about these big wigs who are talking about we can't let ukraine fall because it's so important it's so important to the money launderers and to the child traffickers and to the New World Order. New World Order, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so anyway, that's why Biden was spouting off. I just had to reply to that. So we're going to move on there. Are we going to continue to read here now? Let's try it. Okay, this is more here. This is, oh boy. George Soros controlled Ukraine since 2012 and has inserted by the Davros Group and backed by Obama, the UN, NATO, and CIA. These are all the same individuals who created the pandemic, backed the vaccine companies, and suppressed the vaccine deaths through controlled media big tech. The deep state created a CIA playbook, Color Revolution, in Ukraine in 2014 and used students in the coup. Yeah, since then, the deep state has been robbing Ukraine of its resources and products that they produce and all their natural resources. There's a list of what UN's Davos Group subsidiary companies, Clinton, Biden's, have stolen from Ukraine and laundered over $7 trillion through Ukraine. $7 trillion. Mm-hmm. It's the second largest country in Europe by area. <laughs> Did you know that? No. And has a population of over 43 million people, more than Poland by about 6 million. Wow. And Ukraine ranks... First in Europe to to proven recoverable reserves of uranium ore. First in uranium. Hmm. Second place in Europe and 10th place in the world in terms of titanium ore reserves. Second place in the world of explored reserves of manganese. Manganese. The second largest iron ore reserves in the world. Second place in Europe of mercury ore reserves. Third place in Europe, 13th in the world, in shale gas. Fourth in the world by total value of natural resources. 
and seventh in the world in coal reserves. Ukraine's also an important agricultural country. First in Europe in terms of arable land area. Third place in the world uh, by area of black soil. 25% of the world's volume. That's yeah. rich. Very rich. Whew. First place in the world in exports of sunflower and sunflower oil. Second place in the world in barley production. And fourth place in barley exports. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Third place or third largest producer and fourth largest exporter of corn. Mm, fourth largest producer of potatoes. Fifth largest rye producer in the world. Fifth place in the world in bee production. Bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> Eighth place in the world in wheat exports. Ninth, ninth place in the world in production of chicken eggs. And sixteenth place in the world in cheese. Ukraine can meet the food needs of 600 million people. And Ukraine is an important industrialized country. They're first in Europe in ammonia production. Europe's second and world's fourth largest natural gas pipeline. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the big one they're fighting over. Right. Third largest in Europe and eighth largest in the world in terms of installed capacity of nuclear power plants. Third place in Europe and 11th in the world in terms of rail network length. Wow. Third place in the world after the U.S. and France in production of locators and locating equipment. Hmm. Third largest iron exporter in the world. Fourth largest exporter of turbines for nuclear power plants in the world. Fourth world's largest manufacturer of rocket launchers. Shoot. Fourth place in the world in clay exports. Fourth place in the world in titanium exports. Eighth place in the world in exports of ores and concentrates. Ninth place in the world in exports of defense industry products. And tenth place is the largest steel producer in the world. Ukraine is the number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Money laundering network in Europe, created by the Clintons and Obamas and UN. It's the largest, number one, number one largest human trafficking network system in Europe. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Zelensky, oh, the president, was installed by Davos Group, Soros, Obama. But he was flipped by Putin and the White Hands, according to... Cue the storm. He was paid $8 billion. The war you're seeing in Ukraine now was already set in motion between Zelensky and Putin. Hmm. The news is fake. The war is real. Hmm. So, remember our headline here. And that was, Cue the storm rider gives us more insight. This was from a user on the internet on called... On Telegram. On Telegram called... Q, the storm writer. Right. And a lot of that information was actually given to us through the history with Stu and with Tucker. So, oh, yeah. And a lot of it was confirmed. It's all collaborated. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a cute little uh, notice footage of airstrikes in the Ukraine were removed after a company who make the game Arma 3 threatened to sue for copyright infringement. Yep, that's right. They were trying to pass off video game graphics as reality. (laughs) Yep, and oh, I heard the ghost of Kev got a couple more kills today. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, but nobody's told Adam Kinzinger yet. Oh, poor guy. Or some of those other congressmen who are so confused about (laughs) reality. (laughs) 
Aye, aye. So we're going to spin through really fast some headlines to finish off the ugly truth. Yes. So there's another false flag event predicted, the collapse of 2022, created to control banking. The deep state will stage power outages in Europe soon and blame Russia. Mm -hmm. This will, of course, trigger an event in fear of the next blackout. And they will say, oh, well, we won't allow that anymore. We're going to just change our system. Okay. More banking crud. And also, the Ukraine crisis is much more than what people know. Biden wants Ukraine burned down, just like Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Inside the chaos, they plan to do an inside job, CIA-style ops, and destroy servers and all data points that link money laundering. Mm -hmm. Also, I might add, very similar to a September 11th day Mm. in 2001. Yes, yes, that was also about servers and money. Exactly, mm-hmm. all about digital money laundering. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, so there's, there's a long article there? There's a lot more on that, but you guys can read it later. Yes. Uh, George Soros says the U.S. must do whatever possible to back Ukraine against Russia. Mm-hmm. I have witnessed Ukraine transform from a collapsing part of the Soviet Union to a liberal democracy in an open society. It has faced countless acts of aggression, but it has persisted. Allowing Putin to succeed on his quest will send a message across the world that nations can simply be created or resolved by brute force. We must stand with Ukraine. Okay, George, if you want to stand with Ukraine, then maybe I don't. Yeah, I mean, just plain and simple. Okay, right. let's pick sides, okay? They got George, I'll go to the other side. Right. Nathaniel Rothschild says, without Ukraine, the global order may not survive. So mm-hmm. that tells you right there, the heir to the Rothschild fortune says Ukraine is so important to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's number, right. one, number one in money laundering. Oh, and you pulled up this internet story. This has... This is very important tech news. This yes. will fall under our tech news category. Yes. Ukraine asks ICANN to delete all Russian domains. Right. ICANN is the international property rights organization that controls the registration of domain names. And therefore, as a federal body, if they rule on something, you really don't have any way to appeal. Right. So they're the big dogs when it comes to domain names and domain name properties. That's your .com, .net, .org, whatever it is. So in this crazy response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine last week, Mikhail Fedorov, vice prime minister of Ukraine on Monday, asked the head of DNS overlord ICANN, that just means the ones who control the websites, he asked them, to disable top-level domains associated with Russia. Doing so would block about 5 million domains from the global internet and would significantly affect Russia's ability to communicate online. This is absolutely ludicrous. This is this is absolutely unbelievable. This needs to be in Truman's Matrix, but yes. it's the ugly truth. Uh, yeah, because it went with uh, because Ukraine. it has to do with Ukraine, right? But it is it will it will probably fall if this, under if this if they actually had said yes, this would have been setting a precedent. Oh, they haven't said no yet. I mean, right? I mean, they can always say yes. They so can far, always say less later. Yeah. So far, they have not given in. Yeah, they said they're a neutral platform and they can't take sides. 
Let's hope they hold the line. Yes. <laughs> so another another thing that went that's been going on the last week or so is that CBS gave away Biden's Ukraine plot. So <laughs> they were tweeting about Ukraine, and the day after the Ukraine war started, they were already saying that the Ukraine war was already affecting our um, U.S. economy. They said the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. And it had just been less than 24 hours. Yeah. 12, mm-hmm. 12 since they printed, right? Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's all a hoax. It's all a setup. It's a plot. It's a right? P-L-O-T-H-O-A-X. But I thought that comments <clears throat> underneath this post were hilarious. <laughs> They're really trying to do this, aren't they? I mean, it's incredible. I don't know whether to be upset or impressed with the level of brazen insanity it takes to try to pull this off to run cover for Democrats. Issues plaguing us for a year due to two weeks of turmoil in Ukraine? Come on. That was from Donald Trump Jr. (laughs) Right. Others said, uh, this isn't fake news, it's media fraud. They're trying to rewrite history right in front of our faces. Just like Tom says. (laughs) Taking history and rewriting it. These kinds of headlines aren't doing as much to allay suspicions that Biden is involving us in the Ukraine situation so that he can blame it for all the problems that we have already had. Right. That's crazy. Another user said, holy shit, guys, this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. <laughs> holy bleep. Yeah, mom said that. <gasps> Does the media think we're stupid? Inflation has nothing to do with Ukraine and everything to do with President Biden's policies. Right. Hey, Siri. What is propaganda? <laughs> that was a good one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is just straight up a lie. <laughs> this propaganda is getting easier to spot. Right. Pure, unadulterated bull. <laughs> oh, you're getting the good lines. <laughs> Not an ounce of integrity. Yeah. This guy, last guy says CBS equals garbage propaganda. Oh, yeah. Yep. We've already heard that propaganda, song. <laughs> propaganda. Okay, well. So, Putin says to the Ukrainian army, do not let these Nazis use you as human shields. Yeah. What? Well, because there there have been reports that the Ukrainian, there's a, por- a portion of the Ukrainian army that are actually the Nazi battalion. Okay. Okay. And they actually want to see... Um, Ukrainian citizens die. Oh, are they the ones firing on the Ukrainians? Did you see mm-hmm. that video? The Ukrainians were saying that we know where the missiles are coming from. Yep. The mortars are coming from our own army. Yes, yes. They want the Ukrainian citizens to die so they can blame it on Russia. Yes. Yes. They're dramatizing. So that's what that story is about. Holy shit! Yep, yep, yeah, yep. So, oh, so read that on our news blog. Remember, you've got to go to diggingdeeper.net and you got to put your email address over in the right-hand side in that the block on the top right and and then hit stay informed. Okay? Yep. And so, you'll get all these posts. Yeah, you'll get these yep. you'll get these full posts all this. Also, NATO announces they will not fight for Ukraine on the ground or in the air and they reject a no-fly zone. So, this is what it's a little bit confusing. It's another it's another one of those Truman's Matrix things here. Yeah. Okay, so the whole world has come together, supposedly, in this whole theater of things, has come together to be against Putin. Like he's We the, stand with Ukraine. Like we stand with Ukraine. Yeah, he's like the like like he's Hitler times three or something. Right. So Putin is is everybody's enemy in the world. 
Okay, so you would expect most of the headlines to continue that way, but then all of a sudden we get this headline coming out of here that's really backwards. Mm-hmm. That NATO actually said, no, we're not going to stand with you, Ukraine. We're not going to fight for you, Ukraine. We're not going to send troops in. We're not going to close the airspace. They wanted them to do a no-fly zone over, over uh, you know, cutting off Russia. Basically, yeah, it's like whatever promises were made to Zelensky and the Ukrainians in the past were just tossed out a window. Hmm. Yeah, read that one on our blog. A lot of good comments there too. Yep. Because uh, yeah, go ahead. Russian propaganda is the latest excuse to expand censorship. Mm-hmm. So Mark, the Senator Mark Warner tweeted on Friday, "I'm concerned about Russian disinformation spreading online." So today, I wrote to the CEOs of major tech companies to ask them to restrict the spread of Russian propaganda. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Mark Warner. Since then, when YouTube has announced that it suppressed videos by Russian state media channels so that they will be seen by fewer people in accordance with this openly acknowledged policy of algorithmically censoring unauthorized content, as well as demonetizing all such videos on the platform. So they just jumped right in and said, okay. Yep. Yeah. And Google and Facebook and Instagram, the parent company of Meta, which... Yeah. Both banned Russian state media from running ads and monetizing. Banned them from running ads. You can't give us money. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I dumb, 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 dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Twitter announced a pause on ads in both Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. And RT? Mm-hmm. You told me RT got taken off the air? Yes. The sudden narrative management thrust has also seen RT taken off the air in nations like Australia, Germany, and Poland, with pressures mounting in France and the UK to follow. RT's audience makes up about... 0.04% of TV viewing in the UK. So, why? Why this, would you... I mean, no, hardly anybody's watching, so what does it matter? <laughs> this isn't about RT. It's about the agenda to continually expand and normalize the censorship mm-hmm. of authorized speech. Of unauthorized speech. Well, they're yes. calling it unauthorized, but it's authorized. Right, speech is authorized. Speech, speech is free speech, speech right? for crying out loud. Whoever controls the narrative controls the world. Power, the powerful, mm-hmm. understand this, while the general public mostly does not quite get it. Yeah. Because that was enough ugly truth for one night. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Lies on lies and lies and lies out of the Ukraine. And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening, and remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.